All right, we're live. Welcome to the List Podcast, episode one. One or zero and a half, if that's what you prefer. If it doesn't turn out that good, we can maybe go call it a point five. <laughs> we'll see. I want it to be good, though. I'm your co-host, Chris. This is my co-host, Josh. And what do you know? Once again, Kid Concrete isn't showing up. So I think this might show- be a two-man operation. 2.0, he's not coming. He's never coming. He may not even exist. <laughs> yeah, he, he might just be a myth at this point. But anyway, like last time, it, it worked out great, so I don't think we need him. No, I don't think we need him. In fact, uh, I'm having fun. I had fun last time, so we decided to do it again, even though nobody watches. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty soon after we recorded the first one, so there's not a whole lot of uh, new stuff to talk about. Uh, this is before Money in the Bank, but... Uh, AEW-wise, they had a really strong episode of Dynamite on Wednesday. It was live. It was the first time they've had a live show in quite some time. Uh, So I thought that was really exciting. And you could tell during the tape shows they had the same kind of roster of guys. But now you had, like, Matt Hardy had his first match. Uh, You had, like, uh, Jericho coming back. Uh, So it wasn't the same group of guys. And they had, like, a a much bigger crowd. And they were doing it really well. Uh, so what I just wanted to get your thoughts on that uh, the episode overall, but really it started with a strong like MJF and uh, Sean Spears promo. I was all in for uh, no pun intended for that entire episode of Dynamite. I, I didn't have a match in there that I didn't enjoy. I thought the uh, Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy's, uh, I guess, tag team um, street fight was awesome. That was wicked. Yeah, that was- I, I had so much fun. That was a lot. That was one of the more entertaining matches I've seen in a while. Uh, Watching Matt Hardy try to figure out how to turn that golf cart on was uh, probably the highlight of my night. As he's narrating to doc- to the camera guy, you must document this. Meanwhile, he's like, I, I, I don't know. Cut away, cut away. Yeah, and awesome. Sammy running away from the golf cart. You got like that angle of his face, and then like Kenny Omega is just like pointing at him. It's uh, really cool. It's gonna and he took an awesome funny. bump off the, the golf cart. It looked like awesome uh the way he jumped into it and banged his head off the side of it i i that was because like i was a little worried because chris jericho took the first bump from the co- uh, the golf cart and it didn't look all that good and even the commentators like jr was saying you know i don't think it quite got him might have just uh might have just got him a little bit there but then uh you know that second bump was huge as uh, it went flying yeah uh, it was a good episode, and if they keep doing that, man, I'm uh, going to continue to be a huge fan of Dynamite and AEW in general. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, the all of the segments were pretty strong. Like the like I said, the MJX promo was good. Uh, Sean Spears promo was good. I'm starting to come around to him a lot more than I was at the start of than I was at the start of AEW. I think he's like kind of he's like working in some comedy now, and uh, yeah, that, that recorded promo was really good. Uh, I think like him and MJF just have that constant, uh, consistent hatred of Cody, and they have that in common. So they're kind of getting along. They've been cool in the crowd. They do really well together. I actually watched, I rewatched an older uh, episode. It was like a Royal Rumble version of uh, some gambling take on uh, the Royal Rumble that AEW did, and Sean Spears is oh, in it. Oh yeah. Uh, and and uh, he was awesome in that too. I, I really do like uh, Sean Spears a lot. I think he's a uh, his character is a little weird. Like sometimes I, I think I get what you're saying. Like his character isn't really developed. Like is he a heel? Is he a face? Like he's mostly heel, but he's got some face tendencies. You know, he's yeah. not all in heel. He doesn't seem like, but he's really good. He's a really good wrestler. So um, hopefully now with uh, paired up with MJF, it should be good. Yeah, I mean, when he started, he was a clear he- clear heel because he smacked Cody across the top of the head. He's just being lit, but lately how he was, like, looking for a tag team partner for buying out different guys. Hold, um, hold on, something's, I think something's happening with the feet. What is that? Something glitching out. I don't know. It's, oh, it's a wall. Oh, somebody, oh, for fuck's sakes. Oh, my God. My God! Is that kick concrete? Hey, Josh. What? I got your message. That's good. You're now, fuckface. Right in the face. And hey, listen. Why are you wearing the same shirt as me? We can't do a fucking show both wearing the same shirt. Okay. First of all, you two are always copying me. And before you guys talk about anything else related to this podcast, I got to talk about a few things first. First off, 
Kid Concrete, where did that even come from? You guys must have been thinking about how thick your two skulls were. That is nowhere close to my name. What is your name then uh, there, Curb Stomp Kid? My name is... You idiot. But you can call me Kid for short. I will forget that in three seconds, and the audience will never know it, I promise. I would expect nothing less. Second of all, I saw your first episode. 68 views? Man, you guys need me. You need me to show up every week. So you know what? Because I somewhat like you, Josh, and Chris, I do really like you, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. I'm going to show up as much as I can to try to save this show and make it something. I mean, that's a that's a great commitment. Uh, we're happy to have you, Kid Concrete. Hopefully, you can keep yourself out of jail long enough this time. Hopefully, the whole getting arrested in playground thing phase is over for you, and we can see you regularly on the show. However, I wouldn't hold my breath. Well... Chris is the brainchild behind all this anyway. You should have graduated high school. Um, so I'm just happy to be here. All right, guys. Like, uh, I like it, Kid Concrete. I like you coming in and you're talking I'll a lot of shit. I don't know if I know agree. My name. Call me Kid for okay, short. Kid. Okay, Kid. Like, like The Rock, you know, it doesn't matter what your name is. But uh, <laughs> what I'm thinking is, you know, you're, you're coming in here. I, I, I like your, that you're talking a big game. I don't know if I agree that we need you, but I'm willing to give you a chance here. If you guys can get along at least some of the time, then maybe we can all talk some wrestling together. If we can mute his mic, I can get along with him fine. We'll see. We'll give him a short leash. We'll see how it goes. But no promises to that dickhead who is on the left of my screen. <laughs> All right. So here's what I'm thinking. We were just talking about the latest episode of Dynamite. Oh, sweet. Let's let's all get along and let's try to bring you into the discussion a little bit here. All right. Dynamite, it's a wrestling program. This is a wrestling podcast. You think you can keep up? I think I think so. Quicker than you, my friend. Oh wait, you're not my friend. I do know the kid has uh, watched a bit of New Japan in his day, so. Uh, yes, yes. I remember I was listening to the last episode and Josh said I didn't know anything about New Japan. He knew more than me, so. No, no. I said that you don't know anything about wrestling. Oh, I stand corrected. Well, allow me to school you. I do watch New Japan, I do watch AEW. I don't watch WWE because it cringes me the fuck out and I can't stand it. But I do love the classic stuff. I love Attitude Era, and I'd be willing to talk about anything at all wrestling-related. See, I, like I just want to point out, before we move on, I want to point out he just said he hated WWE and it's cringeworthy, but he's wearing WWE merchandise right now. Mm, he likes AEW, not WWE. We should call him Kid Elite instead of Kid Concrete. Kid Jackass. <laughs> the Macho Man transcends WWE. Listen to me, we're uncut and uncooked. Yeah, moving on. Dynamite, yeah. Dynamite. So, Kid, what did you think of the last episode of Dynamite? I thought it was great. Um, yeah, like, they've been just killing it the last few weeks, and their main events have been spot on. Like, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. What were you guys talking about before I made my debut? We talked a little bit about uh, the main event. We can always go into more detail about that. But we also started with how uh, MJF and Sean Spears had really strong promos to start the night. I was yeah. talking about how I was coming, along to, coming around to Sean Spears a little bit more. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, uh, like, I don't know what it was. He just kind of, when he, when he debuted, like smacking Cody in the head with the chair was like probably the best debut anybody could ever had. Right. But like, I don't know what it was. He just kind of was like, I don't know, just kind of flat. But then the last little bit, they've, he's opened up. He's been allowed to like goof around a bit. And, and him and him, MGF, MJF, sorry, they make a lot of sense together. So that was, that was really good. Well, I agree with you there. What are your thoughts on uh, the angle with Brody Lee, guys? What, what do you, what do you want to see? Because uh, right now, how it looks is he's, he's going after John Moxley. He wants the title and he's using his minions to do it. Uh, I love the angle personally. What do you guys think? I'm pretty. I'm a fan of it. 
I didn't think that Brody Lee was going to be near the title anytime soon, so I'm surprised. Like, he was a pick I didn't expect uh, for Moxley's next feud. But uh, I'm, I think the Dark Order has progressed pretty well. At the start, you had the Nightmare Collective and the Dark Order. They were pretty similar, uh, and the Dark Order didn't have as many guys. But they've, uh, I, I like what they're doing with them. Uh, I think Brody Lee was a good pick. There was rumors like Matt Hardy could have debuted as the exalted one. I think Brody Lee was a pretty cool pick. You know, he was in the Wyatt family in WWE. He's like, he's been in a cult gimmick before. Uh, he's well suited for it. Um, as Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper in WWE, they had a short feud and they had a really strong match. So I think the the, the wrestling could be very good. So I'm excited for that. Uh, but I still, yeah, nevertheless, I, I am a bit surprised that Brody Lee's going for the title uh, at this current time. I, I, he, I wouldn't have named him as a guy I expected. What are you, uh, uh, kid? Uh, I like it too. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be good to kind of put Brody Lee in the spotlight a bit, so we can kind of get a little more uh, understanding around his character. And uh, you know, I I wonder how it'll work out for Moxley because like. Brody Lee has the Dark Order, right? So he's got a bunch of these minions that can just gang up on him at any time. And AEW's made it very clear that John Moxley doesn't really have any friends. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering, you know, who someone's probably going to step up for Moxley. And I'm going to call it now. Uh, I think we're going to see Omega and the Elite fall in with Moxley to back him up against the Dark Order. Because I feel like Dark Order will eventually try to take order or take over. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that's just my kind of theory, I guess. Well, this this actually segues great into what what my thoughts are. Like, I, I don't I, I don't have a prediction for what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win. I, I I can't wait to see the match. But one thing I would like to see, kind of long term, is uh, I'm loving the character that Brody Lee's kind of portraying, uh, like, almost like a cartoonish, a more cartoonish than he already is Vince McMahon, right? Like a leader. Yeah. He's got the he looks down on a lot of people. He's just sitting there staring. What I would love to see is uh, have Brody Lee kayfabe buy AEW. So now he is the heel owner president character. So now he's made himself a bigger heel. He owns the whole company. So now anybody who goes against him, and especially if he happens to have the title at the time, anybody who goes against him now has to work against the man. And we're working up into that that, that prime attitude era Austin versus Vince type angle. Now, I don't want to see them rip it off completely. I, I don't want to see that. I mean, that's not creative at all. However, I do think it'd be cool to see you know, uh, Brody Lee buy the company. So now we have an on-screen owner. He's a heel. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I think I would love to see that. I think you're out there with that. I don't think I don't think they would do it, but uh, I I like the creative the creativity behind it for sure. Um, I don't I don't know. Like AEW is just I, I just don't know how they would work it in. Like because Tony Khan's a billionaire and everyone knows he's the owner anyway. So like it would I, I'm cool if if they do some kind of weird ass shit with it to to get there. But I don't I don't think it, it's likely to happen whatsoever. But I, I like the fantasy booking. Fantasy booking's all I do. <laughs> I think your face is kayfabe. All right. I, I don't think you know what kayfabe means. I'm going to say that right now. No, you said that in the last episode, and I know what it means. And <laughs> your face is not what it appears to be. <laughs> All right. That's fair. I'm I actually have All right. So uh, I don't know if there's much else to talk about from Dynamite. Well, I guess we had we had a Moxley Frankie Gazarian match was good. Um, that was a wicked match. It, yeah, I think I, I do like. Look strong. Yeah, I, I like how AEW kind of has a strong mid card scene and like it's, but it's not like when they wrestle, they make it look like very even for for a lot of it. Uh, like he's known as a, a tag team guy primarily, but like. Kazarian was in Ring of Honor, but the commentary is still putting him over. They're like, he's been wrestling for like 20 fucking years. Like, he's really good. Uh, he's mostly been in that tag team, but like, he, he can go as a singles guy. And it, he showed that. Like, it, I feel like that's something you wouldn't get in WWE is like, in terms of where they are at on the card, you'd never get a competitive match from a random tag team guy uh, against the top champion. Yeah. No, if this were WWE, it would have been a squash match. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're a veteran there or not, right? And I think that's really cool that they're paying the veterans of the sport that respect and you know giving them a kind of a kind of a push, right? Like he didn't come out on top, obviously, but 
you know, he didn't he didn't lose anything from that match. So, uh, yeah. no, he looked good. Uh, kid, when you were talking about who was going to help Moxley, um, I think that's a really interesting question. I kind of wanted to go back to that. Having the elite help him would be really cool. I'm just not sure if they would do that uh, since they're in the current feud with the inner circle anyway. Right. Uh, but it would be a cool crossover. And I mean, like you're, like you said, um, I think if the, I think if he, the elite had to step in, and the Dark Order was getting that out of hand, then that that would be a cool angle to see. Because there's not many many other candidates in terms of uh, who yeah. would work with like, except SCU. Because he just had a good competitive match with Gazarian. Christopher That's Daniels cool. was targeted by the Dark Order before. And Scorpio Sky is just fun to watch in general. So maybe Ambrose and SCU versus Dark Order. That's true. That's probably a more natural um, thing, actually. The only reason why I thought Omega is just because if you remember from, you know, after their match, there was a sort of, like, mutual respect between them. So yeah. I, thought, I thought maybe, like, if the Dark Order kind of spilled over into threatening the elite that maybe they would join forces but i i like what you thought about scu actually um because i think like their shtick kind of falls more in line with what moxley kind of does like they kind of do their own thing and you know they they have fun and so does moxley to a degree except he kicks ass so yeah yeah both would be both would be great for sure and i mean i think they have to they're sort of improvising right now because obviously you'd uh, they would otherwise be progressing the Hangman and Omega tag team story, yeah. but clearly like oh you know, uh, Hangman isn't at these tapings or anything. He's not. He must just be like they're not forcing anyone to work who doesn't want to. So they're just you know they have a story they planned that they're probably going to delay a little bit. So they do have like a void to fill in terms of Kenny Omega's uh, story. So I could see it too. They, they both sound good. Hangman coming back is going to be a huge pop, too, when it happens. I, I know I personally missed him a lot. He's one of my favorite guys in AEW, so uh, I miss the guy. But I know when he does come back, it's going to be huge. Yeah, I think we're all big fans. Yeah, I agree, too. And I, I think it's really cool that they had everybody test it so that they could do it live and actually open up the arena and give it that kind of bigger show feel like it felt big just because there was fireworks like they had the pyro going and uh they had a decent amount of people in the crowd there and like like they have with the smaller crowds they've been chanting and cheering for the good guys and booing the bad guys and it's yeah it, i like i'm sure you guys pop, picked up on it too but like they spread out the crowd more now too so they had more like you could hear like the distant kind of cries like, I thought that was a cool little effect, too, to kind of make that arena feel come back. Yeah. I loved, I loved all of a sudden it was quiet, and then somebody gets hit with something, you just hear from the back, yeah! Like, it, just, like, it sounded like it was eight kilometers away. It was great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, they're lucky, you know, that Khan owns the Jaguars, because they're, you know, just using the oh, stadium. Shamelessly <laughs> plugging them when they're so bad. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they, it's, they, they're, uh, that's what allowed them to do that kind of show. The fact that they, he just, you know, the family owns that stadium. So, yeah. Super, super creative on their part. Has WWE done anything like that? I don't, I haven't watched any of the Raws or SmackDowns. Well, it's all been at the Performance Center, which is where the NXT trainees, uh, like, train. Uh, but uh, the Money in the Bank, the, the gimmick there is that it's being filmed on the top of WWE headquarters. So, like, it starts from the bottom floor, and uh, the briefcase is at the, on the roof. And there's a wrestling ring up there. And I think they said the women's and men's matches are going on simultaneously. Same so. time. They can actually be in the same match at the same... Or they could end up in the same ring at the same time. I'm really curious to see that. Whoa. Like, they're, they're doing both at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Simultaneous many, matches. How many people are in that match again? Six? Yeah, six, I think. So six Five, men six. and six women? Six seems right. Um, now, I doubt you're going to see 12 people in the ring at the same time. Like, they'll work it out so it's not they're not fighting over each other. However, I guarantee you'll see a little bit of crossover. Oh, like any ladder match, there'll be two dudes uh, on the outside of the ring, you know, dead at all times, if, if not more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, like that that's why I stopped watching WWE. Rey Mysterio's going off the rope. That off the I, roof. That's my call. I'm looking forward to it. Uh I think it's gonna be fun. I think this this will probably come out after Money in the Bank, so this might be like a little bit dated. 
but uh, I, I'm excited for it. I think. What was, I think your, what was your predictions again? Who's winning the men's and who's winning the women's? Oscar for the women's and Otis for the men's. The Otis is the podcast pick. Um, we just declared that anyway. Uh, I think I, I, even AJ's, I know him. Even I know him. Otis is awesome. Yeah, AJ's back. I, I also, yeah, we both agreed on Otis. He went uh, for the women's. He's going Oscar. I went Lacey Evans. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But now AJ's back and he's going to be in the match. So obviously he's an extremely strong pick for that. He's oh, definitely the favorite to win, but he won't get past Otis. I hope sure. so. <laughs> this is our pick. But uh, back to AEW again. Um, I think the only there's maybe two segments we didn't touch on. Maybe just one. The snake. The snake. Brandy is uh, yeah. Brandy's oh, great. Yes. yes. Oh my god. Like, Wait for Peta to blow up about all the times Jake like rattled the snake around and started like smacking it around trying to upset it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hate snakes, so I wouldn't do that. Yeah, like kudos to Brandy. Like, whoa, that's incredible. And like to have Jake the Snake Roberts as a part of the company and doing that kind of stuff, like that's that's so awesome. Like. I don't and as a heel, where he excelled during his career. Right. To let him come back as not only a legend, because most of the time when a legend comes back, they're cheered, they're like, uh, you know, they're revered the whole time they're there. Not often do you see a legend like Jake the Snake come back and then play the bad guy. That's awesome. Great. So Great. well, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. his, his promos, he's killing it. Like really strong promos. Yeah. And Archer, what a perfect pairing with Archer. Like, yeah. Chris, we caught on the Archer back when we started watching the G1 last summer and you know we knew then too he was he was awesome so what a what a great signing like yeah i love the he's a good fit for aew they were lacking big guys for a little while they're starting to fill that void and he's a great pairing with jake the snake 100 yeah he'll go far for sure so many great matchups that are possible there throughout the years like i can't see how they aren't like super successful in the next few years like they, if they already aren't already, which they are. But anyway. 100%. Um, do you have any more thoughts on the on the main event, kid? Uh, Josh and I touched on it a little bit. Uh, just the golf cart shit was really funny. Just use yeah. of the Jag Stadium. Fun yeah. match. Did you guys talk about Omega's moonsault off the... Off the um... No. No, we didn't mention that. That, uh, was, that was wicked. Um, yeah. Love that. Omega's... I didn't think he was going to do it. When, when they got off the table, when he was up on the scissor lift and, and they got off the table, I thought, like, oh, all right, he's going to climb down. They got they got our hopes up. Good one. And then all of a sudden, fucking dive bombs off the top. I was like, Gah! yeah. yeah. Okay. Pitch perfect, man. Like, he just, he does everything. Like, it just looks so good and he's always so safe doing it. Like, he's, he's the best there is right now. Yeah, yeah. like, he didn't even... He didn't even jump from where he was at either. He like got up onto the rail a little bit and then himself it off that. It's like yeah, it's so good. Yeah. They should release him. <laughs> yeah. I would I would only say that so then New Japan can pick him up again for one final run and then he can uh, him and Ibushi can finally uh, end their story. We'll get yeah. to that maybe a bit more later. Sounds good. Uh, but I, I, I want to make a list. Are you guys Are you guys down? Always, always down for a list. This is my first list, so of course. Actually, I should we, I shouldn't do a list yet. I might need to edit around this. Not a list yet necessarily. Josh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about uh, before we move on to maybe making a list? Yes, actually, you know what? I uh, I was interested uh, hearing hearing in the news that uh, WWE 2K21 has been canceled. It's not happening this year. There won't be. Uh, you know, uh, a role-playing 2K game for WWE this year. So I started digging around a little bit. It turns out there's actually a lot of games coming out for different platforms and, and different styles. I'm not going to run through all the games, the WWE or the, the wrestling games coming out, but I did want to touch base on a couple cool ones that I happen to find just in digging through some news. Uh, so if you'll bear with me here for a second, we got uh, none of those. <laughs> Serious editing. All right. Unprofessional. So first, uh, the first one I want to talk about, because there's actually not that much on it, uh, it's by software developer Virtual Basement. Now, they've been around uh, pre-2012, like 2011, I think, um, and done some, some PC-type software gaming. Uh, now, they're working on, uh, they're working on a wrestling uh, game 
but there's not a whole lot on it except for they're slowly releasing people who will be involved in the game. And now the biggest name is Ken Shamrock will be in this game as a, as a playable wrestler. Other than that, it looks like a lot of people from New Japan, uh, people from Evolve, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, some Ring of Honor guys. Um, That's cool. But there's really not much. There's no release date. I don't know the uh, platform that this game is coming out for, but it is something I'm going to be watching because it's one of those altern uh, alternate options to 2K. A lot of people have been really upset with 2K in the last couple of years, especially with their Switch ports. Uh, their last game, the 2K20, complete failure. It has like a 1.5 uh, rating. Just, just horrible. So uh, it's nice to have these other options. Now, I do expect 2K to come back next year with a big-name game, hopefully fix some of these things. Maybe they'll be back on top, but right now, uh, Virtual Basement's working on it. We also have Total Extreme Wrestling 2020. Now, Total Extreme Wrestling has been released uh, multiple times. There's a 2016 version. I believe there's a 2010, a 20, uh, 2008 version. Uh, but what's interesting about this game is it is not a wrestling game in the traditional sense. You're not a wrestler that you go in. You're actually the promoter. You you build the promotion. You book the promotion. Um, but you don't wrestle. It's essentially how to run a wrestling business, and that's the game. It's hmm. done really well. It has really high ratings uh, with previous releases. Uh, right now, uh, the full version, there's a demo out that you can play right now. The full version is expected for May 14th. Uh, but you can try the, the demo. Uh, it's a PC release. I believe it's PC only. You won't see it on any of your uh, consoles. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's it's perfect for the wrestling fan that uh, fancies himself as a booker or like the head of a, a company or a creation team, but not a wrestler themselves. They started before 2005 uh, with producing these things. So we expect to see some, some build on some things that were already successful. And finally, the last one I want to talk about is a 2K game, but not in the sense of when you think of WWE 2K. So this is called WWE 2K Battlegrounds. And essentially, it's a cartoonish, arcade-style uh, uh, wrestling game. When you look at the characters, you know, they're, they're not photorealistic. They're, they're a little, you know, shorter. They're, they're stubbier. Uh, their moves, they have, like, flames coming out of their hands when they do moves. Uh, it's, it's very over-the-top. It's a great alternate. The trailer looks awesome. I'm excited for it. I don't have a release date on it yet, but I do know it's going to be released this fall uh, for PC, Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Stadia. So basically whatever you're planning on, you should be able to pick this game up. It should be really fun to try. Uh, like I said, the trailer looks awesome, and I'm going to try it out myself. But as far as uh, video games and news, that's all I got, Chris. Nice. I, I'm glad you enlightened me because I don't know shit about the upcoming games, but I think the arcadey look uh, of that game sounds really interesting. Uh, I think, you know, the WWE 2K games got too simulation based. Like, I like a more arcadey style game, especially for wrestling. You know, you know, it doesn't need to be like a sports game. And I fucking hate the fact that it became like a yearly thing, like you know, to, like 2K, just like every Madden, just like every NBA 2K. Because I hate like buying a new sports game every year I think like it's so unnecessary and actually having a couple years to work on a game rather than having to pump out one every year maybe they'll be able to put a little more polish and love into it at least that's my hope mm -hmm. I agree you're exposing on the video game world or should we move on to make a list I'm getting, I'm getting pretty antsy yeah uh, I need to make a list yeah like I don't I'm have make his list yeah I don't have too much to contribute like the last WWE game I played was 2K17, um, so and it wasn't I didn't find it that great. So, okay, yeah, nah. I like uh, my favorites like No Mercy Friend 64. That just had a cool creator wrestler mode, and then like the SmackDown yeah. versus Raws from like 04 to 07 or so. Those are all really good. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. Shut your mouth was amazing. I even I like that more than Here Comes the Pain because they had a better career mode. And uh, it was like two years worth of storyline, and you could go through it with any any character on the roster. It was it was sweet. Like the graphics were kind of meh, but um, anyway, I just decided I'm bringing it over next time I see you. That sounds great. I haven't even played those ones because I wasn't a PlayStation boy. I was a Nintendo, so uh, I never played Here Comes the Pain or Shut Your Mouth. I'll bring both. Looking forward to it. Joshua, this list, what list do you want? You shut your mouth. I'm not talking to you. What what list are we doing? I, I'm excited. You you mentioned it. You mentioned lists. Yes. I got my yeah. pen out, my paper. I want to do a list. 
the name of the podcast. It refers to the fact that we have a long list of wrestling matches we want to go through, but also the fact that I used to make lists all the time in high school, and uh, we want to, you know, figure out top matches, top finishers. I want to throw that guy out to you guys at, at any point, and you guys got to be ready to answer. So this week, I'm doing top three theme songs, and I want the kid to go first. Theme songs. Okay. Uh, so. No clown circuits entrance and doink theme songs don't count. Thank you, Chuckles. Now could you please shut up? Thank you. Uh, so. Uh, it was kind of hard, actually, because when you, you start to think about top three, it's like there's, there's so many great themes out there. Um, but uh, number one, so from one being the best one, my most favorite, uh, it's got to be Edge. Um, super iconic, and it's awesome in its own right. Uh, number two, Shawn Michaels, Sexy Boy. The fact that he sang his own theme song is pretty sweet. True. Uh, and then number three I have here as a wild card, um, but it's Triple H's theme, but not the Motorhead one. Um, the one where he goes, it's the My Time one. That's pretty cool. The so, one that almost sounds a little like Rage Against the Machine. No, I guess yeah. that's for the DX one. But it might, yeah. it might that might be the same uh, the same group actually. His that, uh, his first theme and the DX theme might be the same band. I think we you're right, and you're you're right because that's why I liked it because it does sound like Rage Against the Machine. So there you go. That, I like that pick. Definitely not not an uh, expected one. A bit of a dark horse pick. Nice work, kid. What about you, Josh? Uh, well, no two, super easy. Uh, the Rock, I gotta go with The Rock's uh, If You Smell right out of the gate. I mean, uh, for me, when I look back on him going from Rocky Maivia to The Rock, I mean, he started with that uh, a different version of it where it was more of a beat where it was like, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? That was fine. But then when, when he finally came out to his next one, uh, I thought that was iconic. However, you can't talk about The Rock's theme song being iconic without mentioning Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song, Glass Shatters. Yeah. Not the Glass Shatters by uh, Disturbed. That was fine, but the uh, the one we all know and love. Those are the definitely the two that come to mind right away without thinking. Uh, and for the third, I hate myself for, for saying this. I'm not going to sleep tonight. But I got to say Hulk Hogan's uh, I Am a Real American theme song is probably one of the most iconic theme songs of all time. Yeah, I won't be able to get that taste out of my mouth, but that's my third pick. Damn, I didn't expect you to. I didn't expect to hear that one. That's for sure. But it, I mean, it is. It is. It is iconic, hundred percent. I had to get up there. I can't believe you just said that. I'm sorry, but like the reality is, would you yeah. have known that Hulk Hogan was Mister America if that wasn't the song that dropped? There's no way the guy didn't look anything like Hulk Hogan. He had a mask. <laughs> Yeah, those segments. It's like, who is Mr. America? <laughs> Definitely not Hulk Hogan, brother. I'm I'm not Hulk Hogan, brother. Just have the same theme song and mustache. Oh, yeah, we'll prove it. Stop saying brother. It's like, all right. Okay, brother. Brother. <laughs> all right, my, my themes. So, like, yeah, a lot of your guys' themes were iconic. Um, I'm thinking the more like the 2000s, you know, when they got kind of legit bands to to do them. Uh, I I got Edge there too, Alter Bridge. I think just the I don't know the it's one of the best like drops for an entrance. I guess the drop is more the you think you know me part, but then it just goes like right into that uh, kind of breakdown and the way they rearrange the song for it. Amazing, love it. Definitely my favorite one ever. Uh, I really like uh, Saliva, I Walk Alone for Batista, too. Um, I love that theme. It's perfect for him. Um, and then my third one, uh, I really like um, Mark Henry's 3-6 Mafia. Yeah. Uh, I, love, I love 3-6 Mafia, the rap group, and uh, that, I think that's a, a badass theme. Um, honorable mention to uh, Slow Chemical. Uh, by Finger Eleven for Canes. I just like, yeah, those, those where they got legit bands in the 2000s to do themes. Uh, a lot of those I really like. Yeah. Could we go around and do an honorable mention too? Yeah, no. go for it. Okay. I got one because when you, when you brought up Slow Chemical, I immediately thought of uh, the wrestler who we cannot mention, 
but Our Lady Peace and and whatever. That's a great song. Canada. Yep. Good call. Okay, and we'll just cut that entire segment out because I'm not looking to have that backlash. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We so can't cut we, it out. Uh, I'm trying to get him kicked off. Can try. There's money in a feud here. I can feel it. Uh, but we got to get along and watch a match. How do you guys feel about that? This is a, I this think is a I like watching one. matches. Yeah, so we, I like we, watching we, matches too. We got a long list of matches to, to go through, so let's get started. Um, do you have one for us, Josh? Yeah, I, I want to segue from last week's list where we discussed, uh, you know, we discussed top matches of all time, and I, I had mentioned one that uh, I knew wouldn't sit well, and 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 uh, I wanted to dig a little more into it. So let's do uh, Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page, Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Goldberg's best match, I would say. Uh, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion at all. I agree. Um, but I, I've watched this before, and I'm definitely down to rewatch it. Um, I think uh, this is uh, this is the pay-per-view where something funny happened, wasn't there? Or do you have a bit more detail on this one, Josh? I didn't. Uh... Yeah. So actually, I do have some uh, some interesting background. I'll go through before we watch the match, and after there's a few things I'll bring up that happened during the match, but I don't want to spoil it. So. Okay. Um, cool. So Halloween Havoc 1998 occurred October 25th, 1998 from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Paradise, Nevada. Uh, we won't go who wins the match yet. We'll, uh, we'll leave it up to imaginations. No spoilers for a match that happened over you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, so essentially, uh, Kevin Powers, who's a WWE journalist, hailed Goldberg's match versus DDP as the best match in the event's 11-year 11, 11 span which nips at the heels of irony because the pay-per-view feed actually cut this match off uh, at the very, like, uh, very near to the beginning. And right. they were forced to show it live or show it on the following Nitro. So the main event for Halloween Havoc didn't actually air for most people on pay-per-view during Halloween Havoc. They had to tune into uh, Monday Nitro to actually watch the match that they probably paid to watch in the first place. I thought that was, uh, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Winky of Sports Illustrated said Goldberg versus Page. Uh, this was his quote. It's a great match. If more TVs carried this match, maybe Warrior Hogan disaster would be less remembered. So the the, the, the second main event was uh, a rematch between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, which is actually touted as one of the worst matches of all times. It was filled with uh, botches and just bad spots. There was no chemistry between the two guys. So the fact that the following match, which was the pay-per-view, didn't actually make it out of the pay-per-view uh, is, is, to me is hilarious. And I actually didn't know that. Uh, I'd seen this match many times, but I didn't know that before actually getting ready to watch it here tonight. And that's, that's really all I have preemptively before the match. That's cool. I remember hearing that story, but I had no idea it was uh, the DDP Goldberg match that it happened to. I've heard it listed in you know one of WCW's many blunders in its last, uh, in its last couple of years. Uh, but it's cool information, and I'm looking forward to probably watching at least one person's best match. I've never seen this match before because I know Josh is a DDP fanboy, so I'll purposely make the best effort I can to never watch anything DDP uh, because Josh loves him so much. So I guess I'm going to watch this match for the viewers Definitely not for Josh. And Chris, I'm there for emotional support should you need it. You know, you should try his yoga as well because you get fat ass in shape. Maybe DDP can help. Ooh, shots fired. I, I can't even but be bothered. Let's just start this match. God, let's get to it here. Oh, shut the hell up. Um, so we're, yeah, we're underway here. Goldberg. Around. You know, I hate how, how easy it is to make fun of Goldberg because, like, I actually like Goldberg as a, as a human. Goldberg uh, came out of the NFL and just kept playing defensive tackle. What the hell is even that? Spear, diamond cutter, spear, diamond cutter, spear, diamond cutter, spear. All right, you know what? You don't need a degree to be able to predict that, but it doesn't mean it's a bad match. 
Oh. Good thing I got two of them. You talked about this match a lot last episode, Josh, how just like DDP forced Goldberg to go over it and choreograph it step by step beforehand, because that's just how DDP did things. Well, uh, I so. don't know if he forced him, and that's the thing. DDP well, forces matches, he likes rehearsing them. I don't know how Goldberg felt about it. Now, what I did find out in researching uh, some of this match was uh, because of a few botches that Goldberg had initiated during the match, he injured, injured, injured himself pretty good which forced the match pacing to change, and it actually forced DDP to kind of take over in the ring, um, which may have actually made the match how good it was because Goldberg couldn't use his regular brute, uh, like his brute style, because he injures his shoulder pretty early on for real, and then they make it a kayfabe injury because uh, uh, DDP starts isolating limbs to make it to make it part of the match, which has to slow Goldberg down, so Goldberg can't do his regular squash thing. Now, I don't know if he ever intended to to begin with, you know, maybe the match went on as as it was supposed to, anyways. But there's a real possibility that the injury sustained by Goldberg, which I'm sure we'll see here soon, actually changed the pacing of the match and made it as good as it becomes. DDP is such a baby face. <laughs> Fun fact: my hair will look like DDP's after this quarantine. Nobody cares. <laughs> I heard I like. I heard a story of like him being in a meeting with someone where they were like corporate professionals and then he ended up showing them the thing he does with his foot where it's like up, up above his head and they were just <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> in this setting. Yeah, he might not know his audience all that well. <laughs> Could you imagine you go to a job interview, you just lift your foot over your head and they're like, sir, so why do you think this qualifies you to work at Walmart? <laughs> exactly. But now, like, you know, we're, we're five minutes in, and it's, you know, twice as long as 90% of Goldberg's matches. No, you wouldn't I'm notice a lot of these things. <laughs> okay, that that's one of the best reversals into the Diamond Cutter I've ever seen. I love it. I thought it was over. Like, even right now, I'm like, it's over, even though I know it's not. <laughs> I know that Goldberg still wins, but, like, for me, it's what? like, damn. Couldn't even hold that in, could ya? Oh, right, you haven't seen the match. I don't oh, care. Oh, right, you haven't seen Dude, the match. I refuse, listen, I refuse to fucking apologize about spoiling a match that happened in 19-fucking-98, all right? <laughs> Get it in my face. Oh, you too. Yeah, he took too long to pin him. Mm-hmm. But that reversal was awesome, and I wouldn't even really notice these injury things if you didn't add all that context before the match, so I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, I know the spear. The, the thing is with the spear is I didn't notice that in the other matches, but I didn't uh, now like it's clear to me now that I've read that it happens. I can see his head hitting the mat really hard, but I never noticed that before. Yeah. And Jackhammer and Pinfall. Now at this point, Goldberg was still undefeated. Uh, his streak's still alive. So this may have been the first non-squash title match Goldberg has ever been in. <laughs> EDP should have ended the streak. <laughs> better than Kevin Nash. Whose streak is better, though? The Undertaker's WrestleMania streak or Goldberg's bullshit Monday Nitro streak? I, I hear they inflated his numbers a lot, too, and they included yeah. house shows and all that. It's like 400 so. by the end. It's like, I don't even think there was 400 episodes of Monday Nitro. Yeah, like one one week on Nitro, it's like 336, and then the next week, it's like 350. <laughs> it's like, what the, how do they have 14 house shows in two days? All right, so we just finished the match. What did you guys think? I know, like, Chris, you, you've seen it before, but, yeah. uh, kid, you, you haven't seen it before, right? What, what are your th initial thoughts on the match? I know you're going to shit on DDP because I like him, but, like, honestly, what are your thoughts? Well, like I said, I, you know, I, I'm glad it's over now, um, but it was better than I thought. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that you, I'm going to give you props here. I really don't want to, just so we know. I really don't want to. Um, but I do like the fact that you did provide the context for when those botches were, uh, because then it added to the match. And yeah, okay, that's enough. I'm, I'm done blowing smoke up your arse. Um, anyway. I love it. We don't really need to hear you say the nice things, and then you shut the fuck up. That's called being a human. Chris, what are your thoughts? I think it's a solid match. I think it's like a very good example of uh, someone really being brought beyond their 
typical uh, potential. So like, you know, DDP is clearly bringing out the best in Goldberg. Um, there, the Lesnar-Goldberg match, not WrestleMania 20, but the more recent one, I'd say that's up there with this in terms of best Goldberg match ever. So I think it shows that Goldberg matches can be super entertaining uh, with the right partner if there's a bit of back and forth. It's just you don't often get that back and forth and you don't often get that right partner for 99% of Goldberg's matches. So it's it's a bit refreshing to see. Um, I, I do like DDP. Like I think that the jackhammer reversal into the diamond cutter is one of the best diamond cutter reversals I've ever seen. There's a lot of good ones, so that's saying something. Uh, but overall, I, I was entertained. I appreciated the context behind the uh, behind the match. I didn't realize Goldberg got injured twice in it. Uh, so I think all in all, considering those injuries, uh, the match ended up really strong. And uh, it's a shame that uh, everyone uh, didn't get to see it because it got cut off of the pay-per-view. Yeah, well, I mean, we're living a better life than they lived back then. It's a, it's a shame that they got spoiled for me by a dickhead over there. So uh, thank you, Captain Douchebag. Move us along. I want to uh, I want to get into more of a New Japan vibe like we did last time in the second half of the show. I'm excited. Wow. So what, what are we thinking? Uh, so this is a tag match that I want to bring to the table. It's the Golden Lovers versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay. Uh, I'll give you guys some context behind this match. I'm also so, going to need uh, a link because I can't spell any of that shit you just said to me. <laughs> golden. So Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi are the Golden Lovers. Um, so they're two very recognizable names, although even if you when you hear that tag team name, you might not know who who they are even though as individual wrestlers they're extremely well known um the golden lovers were a tag team that uh those two were in dating back to their days with ddt wrestling in japan which is a smaller promotion uh so they tag team for several years were, were champions there um and it was kind of a little bit uh sexually ambiguous like they didn't say they were gay but they didn't say they weren't either so it was like not that there's anything wrong with that no not at all but that's kind of what made it interesting um so they had a long history in japan and fast forward a few years later and kenny omega is in the bullet club uh in new japan which is this long time uh heel faction which is usually consists of foreigners so like americans typically uh, so he's in that in that big stable, and they've been undergoing a lot of like infighting within the group in the last handful of months. And Hangman Page and Cody Rhodes end up turning on uh, Kenny Omega. So uh, after all this like fighting within the Bullet Club, it finally comes to a boil, and they attack Kenny. Uh, but Kota Ibushi, who you know they haven't interacted in New Japan in years, comes out and makes the save. Um, when Kenny was in the Bullet Club, those two didn't really interact, despite Ibushi being in New Japan. The sole interaction they had was he, Kenny slightly distracted Ibushi and caused him to lose a Wrestle Kingdom match against AJ Styles, when AJ Styles was like the leader of the Bullet Club. Uh, so they had been hinting at uh, kind of a long-term story between them for a while. And after the whole Bullet Club thing kind of exploded, uh, Ibushi was finally the person to make the save for Omega. And they reunited and hugged in the ring, and the crowd just, like, completely cheered. They had, like, confetti coming down and everything. So this was just, like, a reunion that was years in the making. Um, so the context behind this match is that there's two matches coming up at Wrestle Kingdom. This event is uh, the road to the Tokyo Dome in, in 2018. And Kenny Omega is the IWGP champion, and uh, Ibushi is the never openweight champion. And uh, during the last episode, Josh, you and I talked about this because Ishii was the never openweight champion at the time, and you were asking about what that title was. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't able to remember what it uh, stood for, but it. Uh, I looked it up before this, and it stands for New Blood, Evolution, Valiantly, Eternal, and Radical. 
Um, basically where this title came from is they had a side series of events called the, the Never. And it was all people that weren't signed to New Japan, but they were kind of getting a shot through this uh, through series of shows. So they eventually made a title for those shows and it was originally intended to only be defended at these Never shows. Uh, that quickly became not the case as clearly it's, it's being defended uh, on regular New Japan television uh, all the time now. Um, so Will Ospreay became the number one contender for Ibushi's title and Hiroshi Tanahashi who was a longtime uh, top guy in uh, New Japan a little bit older now uh, he won the G1 and uh, he became the number one contender for Kenny Omega's top title so we have uh, the reunited Golden Lovers, the two champions, uh, facing the the two number one contenders that they're going to be facing at uh, Wrestle Kingdom following this event. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just so, kidding. I'm in. Note, I love it. Side note here for side note here for all those kid fans out there. Um, so I stopped watching wrestling. Um, probably back in probably around like 2007 or eight or so. Um, but, uh, that's great. I just figured out how to, how to mute him. <laughs> I mean, you're unmuted now. Stop talking. You're hilarious. You know what? I should have did that when you went on your big DDP rant. <laughs> missed opportunity on my part. It won't happen again. That's your whole life is missed opportunities, isn't it? So, before I was rudely interrupted, let me just quickly finish this up here. Uh, this match here, there is a well-known gif of uh, Will Ospreay doing something very cool. I'm not going to spoil it for Captain dickhead over here even though he spoiled it for the i know the gift you're talking about i know uh, what I'm you're a, talking about uh, i'm a bigger i'm a bigger man than him i'm a i'm a you much bigger man than him. you said his name i know i know the gift uh, so anyway that gif actually kind of drew me back into wrestling i started looking up some new japan stuff that's how i learned about kenny omega kenny omega and will osprey are responsible for dragging me back into wrestling and uh, thank you, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. You guys are the shit. No, I know. Those guys are great wrestlers. Do not blame them for this. And whenever I get control of this podcast and I can request some matches to watch no, you, won't. you two watch, uh, you're going to see a lot of Will Ospreay and a lot of Omega. So you better get used to it now there, dickhead. And Chris, no, no, no. You're, I know you're pumped for it anyway. You'll never get control of this podcast because you're here in the same light that my daughter won a participation medal for playing soccer, okay? You're here because we feel bad. Right. But your daughter most likely brought all those fans to that little pickup Timbit match, and I'm proud of her for it. Uh, it was just me. It was just me. He shares the genetics with you. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm here to bring the fans, and let's not forget that. So know your role and shut your mouth. Yeah. I guess uh, duplicate what you did there and fan of the opera, and we'll see what happens. All right. Thank you for Let's watching. Tag team, New Japan action started. Um, this is a pretty good example of some of the best guys in, in Japan, easily. Um, it'll be a treat, I'm sure. We got Osprey and Ibushi starting this. All right. So, yeah, these two guys facing off. Uh, they're going to have a, a title match at the following Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Bushi's my favorite from New Japan. He, I'm an Ibushi fanboy. I'll just put that out there. So he's my my top guy. So this is the this is the match where uh, that crazy like the dude does that crazy fucking flip behind the dude lands on his feet and then they both do the slow look back at each other, right? Yeah, great camera work. Got up and watched the match. Man, Osprey's so much more than a high flyer. Like he is, he's damn good at chain wrestling. Um, he had a really great match with Zack Sabre Jr. in the G1 last summer, and he really showed that off. So anybody that thinks Osprey is a high flyer, you're, you're dead wrong. He is, but he's he's more than that. He's so well-rounded. Yeah, he's uh, came up in the British style. So did Sabre Jr. So you can t yeah, he's really strong with the with the chain wrestling. Yeah, it and, looks like yeah. this is great. Yeah, and I like that these guys are all so jacked that Kenny had to put on a shirt. <laughs> 
fun fact, this is like the only time that I know of that Osprey and Omega were wrestling. Or like the most recent, I mean. The only time I've been in the same ring. Yeah. I, can't I was think actually going to ask you guys that if they had had uh, matches in the past, but I guess you just answered that. Man, I wish they, they would. Like... That would be a good fucking fight. Oh, absolutely. They would, oh, man, that would be unreal. I hope, maybe someday, you never know. Yeah, if they have, it's probably in, like, an indie promotion overseas or something. You never know. Sometimes you get, you, if you look them up, you can get some crazy matchups that happened in front of, like, 100 people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of in New Japan, this is the only time I can think of that they were in the same ring. Like, I, I think that... Osprey is gonna he's gonna stay pretty loyal to New Japan for a while because they'll make him a star for sure yeah um, like I I can see him going on a on a main title around here probably very soon they're treating um, him like a heavyweight now yeah yeah sure. so it's possible I guess the only thing that we can hope for is maybe that AEW and New Japan kind of mend some relationships and maybe work together that would be uh, the ultimate fan uh, like freak out if, if yeah. you get stuff like that um, between New Japan and AEW I know there's a, a lot of uh, bad blood there with the way that Cody, Hangman and the Young Bucks and Kenny all left at the same time um, oh really? New Japan is, was I think not happy with that uh, even though they didn't do anything wrong, you know, they just waited for their contracts to expire and then left. It's not like they left before the contracts were up or anything. But um, I think New Japan feels like they invested a lot in those guys, and, and then they just went. Yeah. Yeah, because Kenny, Kenny was fairly recently. He had just won the IWGP, and then yeah. he, he yeah. beat Okada, and no one beats Okada. Right. He's definitely as high as they've ever pushed an American. Or he's Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you, North American. When, uh, what was it fucking uh, last week on AEW on Dynamite when, uh, during Omega's match, what did he do? He he did something crazy. Like he hit somebody with something. Oh, he hit him with, when he hit him with the wet, the wet floor sign. And then JR's yeah. just like, there's no love in Manitoba. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. And sweet, like, callback, subtle callback to the cleaner. Like, so awesome. Yeah. What, I'm really looking forward to the day when Omega turns heel. Because he's, he's a really good baby face, but he's an even better heel. Uh, I think it might take a little while, but it'll happen. Yeah. For sure. Do you think they'll let it they be still a have... heel turn, or do you think they'll force it? Like, do you think they'll just wait until the crowd kind of gets tired of seeing him on top? And then they'll let him turn kind of like the way they did with Rocky Maivia? Or do you think they're going to force a heel turn eventually someday? I think he's going to have his babyface run with the title before he turns heel. I think it's a, it'll happen, but I don't think it's going to happen within the next, like, year. No, I, I, don't, I don't know. With do you the think Hangman, the fans will turn on him first, Hangman, or do you think the company will? With Hangman Omega, you never know, though. You don't know where they were going with that story necessarily. He could have been turning heel sooner or later, actually. Uh, it seemed to me like Hangman was going for the heel. Yeah, he he, he was always fucking up with beer. Like he was not taking anything seriously. Like uh, to me, he was the one that they were gonna push heel. But then they made him really sympathetic. That's true. Get real behind him. Yeah. That's true. And they they made up. him an alcoholic in a world of alcoholics. <laughs> a level, in a lovable way. Yeah, yeah, but he went really over. That's true. I guess they made him like the lovable problem. Yeah. At, at first, that's yeah, a hard one though, because he's not going to turn heel, but he technically is the one in the wrong. Like Omega's not wrong for being upset with his partner getting drunk all the time. And then you got Omega and Hangman beating the Young Bucks, but then at the end they kind of just shook hands. You thought that was might maybe going to be the point they blew up, but it wasn't quite yet. They're, they continued the story. Uh, yeah, I can Hangman, honestly say I have no idea where they were going with that. <laughs> that tag match was amazing. Uh, Hangman doing the one winged angel and stuff. Ooh. Oh my god, I, I freaked out. It was awesome. Yeah. It's cool chain. Oh, he's dead. Ibushi's neck looked all fucked up while he was trying to pin him. I thought he was going to get hurt. 
<laughs> his neck does crazy things. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Speaking of Abushi's neck, <laughs> oh, he, is that running? Yeah, he always bumps on. He his takes neck. some neck bumps. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So that's just his thing. He's got a super flexible neck and likes to use it. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, super he muscular. But. Makes I was going to say, like, yeah. he, he hit that German, and then, like, as he's pinning, I'm looking under him, and I'm like, his neck probably shouldn't be like that. When Do you remember we watched him in the Cruiserweight Classic against uh, Cedric Alexander? He did the last ride kind of move uh, as his finisher in that. But he Wait, does. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. These guys are Cruiserweights? <laughs> Abushi was in WWE. What? Isn't that mind blowing for the cruiserweight tournament? The initial. I know one that but that cruiserweight tournament we watched was off the fucking hook. I don't remember the individual matches because it was a while ago and we only watched that one time. But like, Bushi I remember was... almost all of the matches being so good, and we were saying at the time that all these like they need to just bring all these guys in full time in the WWE. But um, like, I'm looking at these guys now, and Abushi to me looks looks huge. So like, when you said he was in the cruiserweight classic, it just doesn't uh, doesn't register. Yeah, weird weird so yeah this uh after this match you know just uh not long after you'll have osprey and abushi at wrestle kingdom so that will almost for sure get watched sooner than later on this podcast uh we definitely want to continue making new japan uh a consistent part of the show um because as many matches as as i've seen there's still a lot i haven't seen and a ton that i know myself and the kid want to show Josh start bringing them into this world cuz uh it's you you get some long matches sometimes uh especially the big title matches but if you're invested and you know the characters and uh you can buckle down for a, a roller coaster of a wrestle kingdom match you know it's uh extremely entertaining and and the matches get really emotional sometimes yeah. so uh Definitely want to continue featuring it on the show. Uh, what did you think overall, Josh, of, of this tag match? Um, this has uh, been one of the funnest matches I've watched in a very long time. Uh, if not ever, I had Osprey's insane. Um, Kenny Omega, I already know that guy's awesome. Uh, Ibushi, great. Other dude, yeah, he held his own. Yeah, Tanahashi's a bit older uh, at this point. He, I haven't seen a lot of matches from his prime, uh, but I have noticed since I started watching. Like he, everyone talks a lot of good things about him, but it, it does seem like he's uh, a, a little bit slower uh, these days, unfortunately. Oh. But I mean, part of it too could be like, he may be amazing, but the the other three guys just stole the show, and sometimes that happens. I mean, he may have done everything absolutely right. But when you're in there with monsters like that, I mean, that sometimes they run away with it. And maybe that's all that happened. I didn't personally, I didn't see anything from him that was like, oh, that was bad. It all seemed fine. It's just the other guys were just fucking, they were. The bar is set. They like, were so way up there. Yeah. yeah. Good point. That was a really fun match. In fact, I'd watch that over and over again. That was awesome. The spots were great. It all looked real. The chain wrestling, the mat wrestling. It's exactly what I like to see. Hell yeah. What about you, Ken? Well, this is probably the second or third time I've seen this match. Um, and I have to agree, agree with Captain Dickhead over there. Um, you know, even though it's my second or third time, uh, I still really, really enjoy it. There's so many great spots and the action is so fast-paced. And one of the great things about New Japan is that, like, even in those hour-long epics, like, you truly don't know who's going to win until the very end because there's so many false finishes and so many big spots like it's it's really really fun to watch it's high quality wrestling um and i you know i can't wait to try to keep keep up to date with it once all this bullshit's over and we can get back to normal and watch some more great wrestling so do we we don't have any idea when new japan plans on starting again right like as far as now it's still just waiting to hear how things progress with what's going on in the world right now yeah they are just kind of canceling their events uh, one at a time at this point uh because they like we touched on this last episode but they don't have a weekly show like a, a raw or dynamite so they're kind of bigger events like they have smaller ones but that's all they have there's nothing like consistent week by week so Everything's been canceled, so there's absolutely zero movement in, in any New Japan stories right now. Um, so definitely really looking forward to when they get started again. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. 
I'll watch. Absolutely. Not just because I want to make you guys happy. So what do you guys think? Should we each throw out a possible match to watch for the next episode before we sign off? Or, or what do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, let's let's each pick a match. Uh, I'll We'll just overrule whatever uh, the kid says, and then we'll go with our two matches. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Um, it's a tough choice. Um, I know I mentioned a few of my favorites last week. Um, one of them was Michael's Taker at WrestleMania 25. Uh, as much as I think I like that a little bit more than the one at 26, I think we've all watched 25, um, and I think 26 brings a little bit more to the table because it's Shawn Michaels' retirement match. So I want to bring that one uh, on the table for next week. Awesome. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, Inferno match, Taker and Kane. Um. Since you guys are going all WWE, um, I think I'll put forth uh, Edge and Mick Foley, WrestleMania 21. I like that. Ooh, we went there. So or was it? Sorry, WrestleMania. Was it WrestleMania no. 21 or was it 22? What's Whatever. That? Either way, Edge Mick Foley. No, I did it. Pro probably one of the last uh, really hardcore matches WWE had. Um, makes sense that it involved Foley, but they, I don't know if they've done anything that brutal since that match. So I think that's a really good pick. Thank you. Right. I knew right. you'd appreciate it. So we have a few uh, possible episodes. Sorry. We have a few possible matches uh, picked for next episode. So we'll randomize them up. Uh, see which ones uh, we feel like watching at the time. Uh, but for now, with the kid and Josh, uh, this is Chris from the Lift Podcast, signing off for episode one. Until next time.